You're listening to the Attempt Adventure Podcast, a podcast all about finding adventure every day and making life a little more interesting. From Bangkok, Thailand, I'm Michael DeRosiers, joined, as always, by my co-host, James Parrott from Dallas, Texas. Alrighty, James, today we're going to finish our conversation about traveling in Texas. We're also mm-hmm. going to talk a little bit about our monthly challenges. We've also got some a, a really interesting piece of adventures in the news that might have some that might foster some discussion but in this episode we're going to be continuing our talk about travel in texas specifically Mm -hmm. the central hill country region and the southern uh, the gulf uh, barrier islands regions of texas which could warrant their own episodes respectively but we're just not going to do that we're going to put them together (laughs) today but first james did you do anything new or adventurous this week uh, let's see here. Um, no. No. You know what? It's, been, did it's I. been crazy. <laughs> okay, but here's the thing, James. Here's the thing. You and I recorded, what, two days ago? Yes. So it's actually the same week. I mean, th- that's the problem because right now we're trying to get ahead, right? We're trying to get ahead mm-hmm. in recording. And it's kind of hard to do something adventurous within the span of two days. So... Yeah, and I'm there are plenty of times kinda... we record um, two days in a row, and we're like, what did you do this week? And we're like, ah, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of willing to fudge it a little bit, just because it's kind of a rough time right now. I am days mm-hmm. away from flying back to the U.S., and that requires mountains of paperwork. You are in the midst of basically getting ready for a move across the country. I propose that this week we use our monthly challenge as our new and adventurous mm. thing. Are you okay with that? Do you, is that fair? Yes. Yes, I am. I'm fine with that. Okay. Maybe next season we need to have like a, a system, like a get out of jail free card that we can cash in like three a year or something like that. Um, yeah. We can discuss that in between seasons. We can, we can gamify this challenge a bit more. We, we can talk about how to do that. And I want to make the real yeah. wheel of penalty and all that. We, we, let's just both take a pass this week just because we didn't mm-hmm. just record the other day. But I don't want to make this a habit. But that being said, James, let's talk about our monthly challenge and let's cash in our weekly adventures in our monthly challenge. What is your favorite local food? That was our monthly challenge for the month of July to share your favorite local food. Could be anything. Barbecue. Okay. Tell me about it. Where's the best barbecue? That is hard, my friend. The best barbecue that I have ever had is at Hammond's Barbecue in Glen Rose. It is sublime. It's super good. It's it's a hard thing to say, like where the best barbecue is, because it's all it's all really good. Even bad barbecue is pretty good. <laughs> it's smoked meat. I mean, you can't go wrong with smoked meat. A pile of mac and cheese on the side, some mm-hmm. dinner rolls, a shiner. Oh man, it's great. <laughs> we do have good beer, but I mean, barbecue after that is Tex-Mex food. You can't just go any, wrong. It's any Tex-Mex, just like generically um, the entire cuisine. My favorite is a place called Matitos, which is around my house. See, I was going to say Mexican food, but Mexican food is, you know, not local, really. It's Mexican. <laughs> but Tex-Mex is. And for those of you that haven't had Tex-Mex food, I hope you like cheese and chili. <laughs> and beans. And feeling terrible about yourself. But you're going to enjoy it. You know, I thought about a lot of things. I thought about like kolaches. I thought about all these other, but I had to go with barbecue. I had to. I've never tried Franklin's Barbecue in Austin, which is supposed to be like the best barbecue in the world. Never been there because there's a line starting at like 6 a.m. and they run out of stuff by like 11. But some of these places that claim to be the best really just have their claim to fame. You know, they're not necessarily the best. I have found that when it comes to barbecue, the best is usually the tiny little road stop places that you would completely mm-hmm. overlook the completely generic abandoned looking oh, yeah, for sure. on the side of the road are, are always the best. You know, I haven't been there. I can't compare either. I've never been there, but you know, I'm saying fame is not all it's cracked up to be when it comes to food. It's like when you go to get tacos, mm-hmm. there has to be like mismatched chairs. No one can speak English. Those plastic tablecloths or no tablecloths, you know, there needs to be a small child doing homework somewhere in the restaurant. And that's how you know that you're going to get some good tacos. If you have to order in Spanish, you're, you're in a good place. From like an old lady that just doesn't smile. <laughs> yes. But anyway, 
So what about you? It's tough. I, I kind of feel weird saying this because my favorite is a chain restaurant, my favorite local. Um, but there's just down the road for me, uh, Kiang. It's a Thai food restaurant and they make incredible Gaprao, which is kind of what we talked about last week. We talked about mm-hmm. Gaprao, the uh, basil stir fry. My favorite is Gaprao Gai, basil chicken with the big fried egg on top. And I honestly go down there because it's just, I mean, two doors down from my apartment. I go down there at least once a week for lunch to get it. I mean, it's it's really good. It's very easy to get, but it's delicious. I order it very spicy to the point where I walk up now and they look at me and and the uh, the guy at the walk goes, ah, Gaprao Gai, Pet Mak Kai Dao, <laughs> which means uh, very spicy fried egg on top. <laughs> like Like they know me now. And I don't even have to order. I just walk up and they know nice. what I'm going to get. So basil chicken in general has become one of my favorite Thai dishes. Mm-hmm. It's good. specific when it comes to street food. I know it's it's a chain here because I saw a Kiang restaurant down in Hat Yai a couple months ago, but it's really good. And so I'm not going to, I'm not going to be ashamed no, of that. It doesn't matter. Now, basil chicken is delicious and it, it is impossible really is. to find the right version here. Pet Mark that we talked about last week. Also really good. I don't know if I'd consider it local. See, local is different for me because I don't have a car. I can't get around mm-hmm. so easily. So local for me is, is basically just my neighborhood. Other than that, gosh, I mean, there's the thing about Thailand is there's just so much good food that it's very hard to narrow down. That's by far my favorite. I mean, I, I no joke, eat it once, maybe <laughs> twice a week. I mean, <laughs> like it's really, really good. There's another lady down on the corner who'll just make kind of whatever you want. And I usually get stir fried veggies and a, and a fried egg over rice when I'm feeling healthy. Nice. We had some really great entries in mm-hmm. this month's challenge. And we had some that I'm really excited about. And uh, one in particular that I wanted to share of our listener, Nettie from Cornwall, England, who sent us pictures of Cornish pasties, which is a, a dish from Cornwall. So I'd like to read a little bit about what he says here. He says, I live in Cornwall, the very southwestern tip of Great Britain, and our national dish is the world-famous Cornish pasty. Chuck steak, potato, onion, and Swedish turnip, or rutabaga, all chopped up and encased in pastry and baked to perfection. He says it is great fuel on a long bike ride. And they look really good. (laughs) They They do. I want one. I don't know if we can get them in Bangkok. I might have to do some research. Probably not as good as you would get in actual Cornwall, I'm certain. Probably not. (laughs) Yeah. So, Nettie, thank you. You had a fantastic entry. We love the pictures that you sent, and we are sending some stickers your way. So check your mm-hmm. uh, check your mailbox in uh, a couple weeks because shipping might be a little slow right now. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, Nettie. Also, before we move on to our new monthly challenge, we do have a very short, short piece of listener mail from mm-hmm. listener Jade. A couple weeks ago when we did our campfire cooking episode, we put out a call for oh, your nice. favorite campfire meals. And Jade said, Girl Scouts, we made goulash. Elbow macaroni, ground beef, and tomatoes on a campfire. Easy. Can't go wrong with that. I mean, most of my campfire dishes are just sort of stuff in a bowl. So that makes perfect sense to me. All right. Well, James, it's time for our new monthly challenge for the month of August. Mm -hmm. This time it's my turn to issue a challenge. I'm inspired by your adventure in the news last week where the guy was in his living room going on adventures with a green screen. We're not doing that. But this month, your challenge, listeners, is to go camping in your backyard or living room. Again, interpret that however you want. Go camping in your backyard or living room. Have a little adventure, even if you can't get out. And this could be, you got couch cushions, you got yeah. blankets, melt <laughs> just, go, blankets just a sleeping it. bag. Go bivy style. I don't know. A, sleep, a sleeping bag in your bathtub. I don't care. Just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> go to Netflix and watch Fireplace for Your Home. Birchwood Love edition. That thing. <laughs> Birchwood edition is the superior edition. It, it really is. My family, we don't have a fireplace. And most of the time in Texas, it's not cold enough to use a fireplace on Christmas anyway. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really matter. The first thing I do when I get to my parents' house on Christmas morning is I go and I turn on Netflix and I turn on Fireplace for Your Home Birchwood edition. And it, it just it sets the mood. It's nice. It's got the crackling fire, you got some Christmas music in the background. It's great. Shout out to Fireplace for your home. Not a sponsor. (laughs) Definitely not. But uh, I mean, if you want to be, that'd be great. Get in touch. Hello at (laughs) attemptedventure.com. Subject line sponsorship. Yeah, but uh, you know. (laughs) Uh, 
Oh, James. Oh, man. Okay. You know, this this might sound a little bit childish, right? It's it's pretend. Mm-hmm. It's using your imagination. But, you know, why not? Life is about having fun, right? And, uh, you know, if you if you go camping for real, all the better. If you want to go camping this month, like in the woods, go for it. We count that, too. Yeah. But we want these little monthly challenges to be achievable by anyone. So even if you can't go out to the woods, backyard. If you don't have a backyard, living room. If you live in a studio apartment, in your studio, you know? Just yeah. Have a little fun this month. You got a balcony? Go for it. String up a hammock. That'd be fun. So, uh, James, I'm excited to see what you do for that. Um, I'm excited to see how I'm going to do it because in the month of August, I'm going to be in my parents' house. So it's going to be weird. (laughs) All right, guys. Hello at attemptadventure.com. Subject line challenge. Have some fun. Let's get into the main segment. Today, we're going to continue our talk about Texas. In the first half, we talked about North Texas, North slash Panhandle. We talked about East and we talked about West. All great regions, all with their own great things to do. We hail from North Texas. Yes, we do. So we might be a little biased, but in my opinion, these next two, which are Central and Hill Country in South slash the Barrier Islands, mm-hmm. are sort of the... Jewel of Texas. <laughs> you know, James, you say you were biased towards North Texas, but our North Texas segment was Glen Rose is kind of cool, I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe we're not. I I'm more biased towards Hill Country. That's what I was going to say. I think that Hill Country is probably the most interesting part of Texas because it is the heart of Texas, deep in the heart of Texas, one might say. <laughs> so when you're driving through Texas, Typically, you'll be on uh, an interstate highway called I-35. It runs all the way from, well, in, in Texas, it runs basically from uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area in the north down through Waco, through Austin, and into San Antonio, which are some of the biggest and uh, most popular cities in the state. And they're where a lot of the state's culture is. You know, Austin is the mm-hmm. capital. It's got some uh, incredible nature. It's got a really unique culture of its own. Oh, man, it's... You know, every part of Texas is pretty in its own way. You have sort of the western desolation. You have eastern woods and northern has plains and things like that. But, you know, central Texas hill country is the only place in Texas really where you just are driving through and you're like, wow. This is, you know, it's full of just rolling hills and rivers and different varieties of trees. And it's it's just a super pretty It's very green. Region. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very green. And it's where my favorite city in Texas is, which is Austin. I love Austin, which is our state capital. Say what you will about our state government, but the city is great. Their slogan is keep Austin weird. And rightly so. It's funky. It's a great town. I will say something interesting about the, the hill country is that it kind of is the cultural heart of Texas because it's it's the part of Texas that has its own unique culture. You've got the Mm -hmm. Mexican culture in San Antonio. You've got the German and Czech immigrant culture in like Austin, Fredericksburg, West, that region. And it all kind of meshes together in Austin. And it's really just interesting and fun. And Austin is a cool city. Yeah. Austin is sometimes called the live music capital of the world. I don't know whether that's true or not, but if you like music and food and just, I don't know, it's, it's great. It's yeah. it's got a great culture. Everyone's real friendly. Great art, great music. Great, yeah, yeah, art, music, food. Uh, I'm I'm sure they have some great museums. Mm-hmm. I've never really been. Whenever I go to Austin, I'm usually inebriated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's also part of it. They do have a lot of great beer down there. I will say. A lot of great beer. A lot of good bars. Central Texas has some amazing breweries as well. I went to Oztoberfest in Austin. was wonderful. I've been to the Mac and Cheese Festival, which I wish I had a better experience with it. The, the festival was amazing. Is not is that the one where you drink the entire bottle of... Yeah, I drank a whole bottle of whiskey the night before and then couldn't <laughs> enjoy the Mac and Cheese Festival the next day. 
if McDonald's doesn't fix your hangover, you're screwed. I remember this tale. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so I like the state capitol is a great, it's a self-guided tour, or at least it was last time I was there. It's self-guided, or you can actually go with a guide, a really informative guide, and it's free. They leave like every, I don't know if it's every hour or or every once in a while. It's completely free. It's got really cool architecture. As Texans like to do, it is taller than the U.S. Capitol building because they wanted to. Yep, it is pink for some reason. Yeah, it's it's kind of like pinky, orangey. It's it's, it's cool looking. Granite, yeah. It's also a great time to go in there. If you're in Austin in the summer and you're walking around the capital uh, area and it's really hot. Just step in there. You can stay in there for as long as you want. It's, it's ice cold in oh, yeah. there. It's wonderful. I knocked on the governor's uh, door. Really? Was he in? No, he wasn't. I don't know what I would have said. Had he answered? <laughs> I would have probably just been like, I, I, I feel like I would have had like a lot of things I wanted to say, but as soon as and I wouldn't say door, any of them, like really nice and like, Oh, hi, it's, it's an honor to meet you. Uh, next door to the Capitol, or just down the road, is the Bob Bullock Museum of Texas History. And if you're traveling in Texas, it is a must-see because it explains everything about the history and the culture of the state. Everything it's, from it's like an interesting history. Yeah, everything from like the French settlers to basically the present. Yeah. So for me, I see on here you have the state capitol. We already talked about that. Yeah. After that, oh yeah. So Kalachis. Now, apparently a lot of people don't know what kolaches are. If you're not from Texas, you don't know what a kolache is. So Texas, you know, people don't know this. A lot of people outside of the state don't know this, but Texas actually had a lot of Czech immigrants. Mm -hmm. And the central Texas region has a pretty decent Czech population, and specifically in the town of West, which is about half an hour north of Waco. Yeah, West Texas is not in West Texas. No, it's not. It's ridiculous. It's in Central Texas. Uh, but every year on Labor Day, they have West Fest, which is a, a Czech cultural celebration, and it is a ton of fun. It's where I learned the word pivo, which means beer in Czech. They're famous for a certain type of, what you call it, a pastry? I don't know what to call it. A pa- it's, it's, I guess. Called a kolache. A, a baked good? Because there's two types. There's sweet and savory. And the sweet ones are pastries. Mm-hmm. And they're these little buns that have like like fruit jam, I guess, inside of them. Fruit or cream or really whatever you want. But then there's the savory ones. The savory ones have, you know, sausages or beef or they're more like a meat pie almost. My favorite ones are the uh, like sausage, cheese, jalapeno. Those are the best. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Now, when you're driving through West, there are two very famous bakeries. That are across the highway from each other. Slovacheks and the check stop. You typically are loyal to one of those. If I had to pick, I would pick Slovacheks. Mm-hmm. You know what? I've been hearing that a lot lately. Now, the check stop is mm-hmm. more famous. I would say go to Slovacheks on your way out. So if you're leaving Southbound. Dallas and you're driving through West, yeah, get Slovacheks and get you a savory kolache. Because they have a butcher shop in there. And I think their savory ones, their meats and stuff like that, are way better. On your way back, stop at Check Stop and get you some sweet kolaches, because I think those are better. So I like both of them for different reasons. Okay. Well, and the Check Stop is open 24-7 as well. So I went to college down there at Baylor University, Waco, Texas. And occasionally, when we had all-night study groups, we would take midnight or 2 a.m. drives up to West and get ourselves a kolache. It was a great way to procrastinate. So good. (laughs) I mean, at that time of night, if you say you're studying, you're not. And you probably haven't been for three hours. <laughs> you actually don't ever need to study all night. I mean, working on a project is one thing, but studying, you really don't need to study all night. No, you do it because like, you're like it's fun because in yeah. a way it is. <laughs> it's like because it's at some point you're just eating junk food and hanging out with people. You know what it is? It's like the college version of a sleepover. It is. <laughs> but you're in the library. Let's go get burgers. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, yeah. So after my mine after Kalachis, I had on mine Longhorn Caverns. Ah, uh, okay. Longhorn Caverns State Park is one of my favorite state parks in Texas. It has a great guided tour of a really cool cave system that has history from Prohibition, where they had a speakeasy in there. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's super. A cool. dance hall. It's super cool and a great guided tour. 
And besides the Gratitude, there's great hiking trails. It's it's a really cool state park, even without the cavern. But I would definitely, if you're interested in caves, which I am, I would definitely recommend it. It's it's a really cool tour. I've done it numerous times. Have we done it? No, no. I was about to say no. I've done it, but it's been literally 15 years, and I don't remember it. It's great in the summer, too, because it's cool down there. It's just a lot of fun. I would definitely recommend it. Well, uh, maybe on our way down to uh, San Marcos. What's your next thing? Well, my next one was also about nature. It was Enchanted Rock, which is a, mm. I think, a state natural area. But it's just outside of Austin. I think it's in Fredericksburg, maybe. Uh, it's just outside of Austin. Anyway, have you done the hike up Enchanted Rock? I have Rock? not. I've never been. To be honest, I haven't either. But it's on my list this time. Um, But it's a big, I don't know, it's not a mountain. It's a rock. It's a rock. And it's called the enchanted rock and i think it was called like the the spirit song rock because it's one big piece of stone it's not like a mountain it's like one big piece mm-hmm. of stone and so when the sun would beat down on it it would get real hot and at night it would kind of contract as it cooled and it would make these noises and there was all these like native american legends about ghosts that lived in the mountain and all that so it was called the enchanted rock and yeah there's a, a really cool hike up it and it has some beautiful views of the hill country see so you- you mentioned my next one a second ago, which is just San Marcos. Okay. San Marcos right. is a little town right outside of Austin. It's a college town, but it has great breweries. It has, in my opinion, the best floating river. It's a short, it's like an hour to float that river rather than five or six. But you you can bring your cooler, go float the river. It's crystal clear and cold. And mm-hmm. and it's, not, it's shallow, so you can actually pretty much stand if you like... Capsized. There are some deep parts, but yeah. for the most part, if you needed to, you can stand up somewhere. Yeah. And it's less crowded than almost any of the other ones. So I would say go tube the San Marcos River. It's not a it's not an all-day commitment like some of the other ones are. Because what you do is you park at this place, you rent a tube, and then you you spend about an hour or so tubing down the river. Tubing rivers in Texas is a very slow, leisurely experience. Well, this is what we did. You get one of those floating inflatable things that you can put your cooler on mm-hmm. fill it with beer you know we we tethered our our tubes to the cooler and we just went through a i think we went through a 12 pack that was too much we did yeah <laughs> and then uh then you, you float down and you you enjoy your your day yeah and then at the end of it they have a little shuttle and you get on the shuttle takes you back to the beginning and you do it all over again yeah because it's a one-time fee isn't it like you pay once yes. and i think you can it do it as many, many times, times as you want, want. yeah that's really cool. I've not spent much time in San Marcos. It's a really cool town. I'm planning on going down there in, in a couple of weeks yeah. when I'm in town. It's the home of Texas State University, which is probably the it's one of the biggest party schools and things. So they know how to have fun down there. Go what's their mascot? Bobcats. But anyway, so that was that was on mine. Just okay. tubing tubing the rivers in down in Hill Country is is awesome. Ton of fun. Ton of fun. Yeah, we're definitely gonna do that. In a couple weeks, mm-hmm. and maybe we'll have a tubing special. We'll see. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, moving on down. Now, this is a national monument. I have San Antonio Missions National mm-hmm. Monument. There are five missions in San Antonio. One of them is the Alamo, and I didn't put it on my list, even though it's important and it's very yeah. historical. But the Alamo is the least impressive of the five missions, and so if you really don't have much time, I would visit San Antonio Missions National Monument. Because there are four, there's, you know, there's the Alamo, but then there's, you know, Mission San Jose and um, uh, three other ones. Mission San Jose, I think, is the most famous one. But there's a trail that you can go to that takes you to all four of them. And they're all very cool. They're very well-preserved old Spanish missions with a ton of history. I think there's like a cultural museum there as well. And it's really, it's really good. Very, very well done. Yeah, I think people are let down by the Alamo a lot. Because they're expecting this big grand thing because it's very important to Texas history and is a big source of pride for people from Texas. But we know, we know know it's unimpressive. And the reason behind that is, I mean, it was basically destroyed during the Battle of the Alamo. Oh, yeah. They have markers of where the walls used to be. They're way, way far away. Yeah, the only thing that's left is the chapel that was within the fort, basically. And so people think that's like the entire Alamo and that wasn't, no. But if you take a tour of it, that you learn a lot more about the history of it and it's a little bit more go see it, but don't plan on spending more than 
30, 45 minutes there. There's not a whole lot to see, but it's, it's very interesting. Yeah. Well, the, but the missions, the national monument mm-hmm. on the other hand are really good. And I've never done this, but it sounds fun. If you actually like, I think mission San Jose is still a, an active Catholic parish, but they don't do a regular mass. They do a mariachi mass. And I don't know what that means, but it sounds fun. So if you're there on Sunday morning, check it out and write, write in, let us know what it's like. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> the river walk is great in San Antonio. San Antonio is a fun, fun town. You get lots of great, great food. Uh, the river tour. Have you ever taken the boat tour uh, down the river? I have not. I've been on a river cruise and eaten dinner on it. And that was fun. Some of the best Mexican food in Texas, best margaritas in Texas. All any of the restaurants along the river there are going to be mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, also, in college, we used to sometimes do trips where we would just road trip down to San Antonio, go down to the Riverwalk, have a uh, Mexican dinner and a margarita, and then drive back to Waco. Fun stuff. <laughs> Anything else in that area that you want to shout out? Well, I think we had a lot of good stuff there. I mean, we, you can talk about it all day, but. Well, James, moving on to the southern region or the Gulf Barrier Islands region. And I guess we can include mm-hmm. Houston in this. I didn't because I'm not super familiar with Houston, although I probably actually have one more I want to add, and that's NASA. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say NASA's on mine. Forgot about that. Okay, why don't, you, why don't you introduce the region, then you can talk about NASA. Yeah, so South Texas and the, the Gulf Coast and the Barrier Islands, things like that are, <laughs> I mean, I, it's, it's an interesting part of Texas. It's kind of got... A little bit of everything. There are beautiful beaches. There are not so beautiful beaches. It goes all the way from scuba diving to fishing, everything else like that. You can go up to Houston and go to NASA and go to Mission Control. If you if you do go, it's the one place I would recommend taking a tour on the weekend because then you get to go inside Mission Control because you don't do that on a normal weekday tour because people are working. The Houston Space Center is is an awesome awesome place. Great museum. I, I love it. If you're interested in space, check it out. You can go see the Saturn V rocket that was used to launch people to the moon. Do they? They used to have a shuttle. Do they still? It was. It's never been a real shuttle. For whatever reason, Mission Control didn't get a real space shuttle. Mm. And there's like six of them. I know. Why didn't we get one's one? in like the Smithsonian, which makes sense, but. I mean, NASA should have one. I, I know NASA has one, but NASA Mission Control. Mission Control one. should have one, but they don't. Maybe it's because they have the Saturn V rocket. Which is admittedly pretty cool. So It is pretty cool. But anyway. No, it's great. It's it's a ton of fun. Even if you're not really into space. I am really into space. But if you're not, I think you'll mm-hmm. still really enjoy it. Yes. It's very awesome. Um, anything else in Houston? To be honest, I don't know Houston all that well. I don't know it very well either. I haven't really spent any time there, so I can't really talk about it. I'm sure it's great. But the Gulf Coast, I do know. And the first place is somewhere that we've been together, and that was mm-hmm. pa- uh, Padre Island National Seashore. It's operated by the National Park Service down on Padre Island, just outside of Corpus Christi, Texas, which is a very cool city. In general, if you're in Corpus Christi, they have a great aquarium. The USS Lexington, which is a World War II era aircraft carrier, is a ton of fun to visit. You can take a tour there. Uh, I slept overnight on it in the Boy Scouts, and that was fun. Nice. Yeah, we got to stay overnight one time. That's cool. cool. experience. Padre Island National Seashore has great camping and fishing, and we went camping there. On the beach? On the beach. It's a wonderful place for that. I would like to do it again sometime, now that I'm probably in a better mindset for beach camping. You know what to expect. Yeah, and I think we're just better adventurers now, too. Than we yes. Were then. We did go into town and go to Half Price Books. That was fun. And bought the memoirs of Richard Nixon. And read them out loud. That was, <laughs> that was a weird thing to do. It was a weird <laughs> thing to do, but you know, it's fine. I, did we cook? I, did we cook? I think, I, did we have a fire? I'm trying to remember. I, I don't remember. We had a stove. We couldn't have a fire. Right. Okay. We had a stove and we made like, yeah, like beef slop. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and we fed beans to seagulls. Yeah. We had like boogie boards, didn't we? We did. We bought boogie boards, and we then once, and then we were like, "Yeah, it's yeah. too hard." <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool. You can camp down there for free. Yeah, you do have to pay like five dollars for like a car fee, but camping is free on the National mm-hmm. Seashore. Do a little research on beach camping before you do it, but it's beautiful down there. And that's probably you know the further south in Texas you get, the prettier the beaches are. They get yeah. less uh, gulfy and more sort of Caribbean. Yeah, because you go all the way down to South Padre, and it's very much Caribbean. It's very 
blue water, white sand, that sort of thing. North Padre Island is sort of in between the two. It's a little bit rougher. The sand's a little darker. It's not as like maybe picturesque, but it's still very pretty. You go to South Padre Island for like going to the beach and and, and it's spending. kind of a party place too. And if you're not really yeah. into that, North Padre is maybe better. Because so South Padre Island, you're you're basically in Mexico. You're basically on a Mexican beach. North Padre Island is is better for people that want to go like fishing or camping or things like that. I also had a Mustang Island State Park. Mm-hmm. A very very similar to the National Seashore, but uh, yeah, there are wild horses on it, hence the mm-hmm. name. <laughs> I've never been there either, but I hear it's pretty cool. I'm in a Mustang Island. It's cool. It was on my list. Anything else in the in like the Gulf area? No, just check it out. If you like the beach, if you are the lay on the beach, look at the water kind of person, go to South Padre. If you are enjoy the scenery, enjoy the ocean kind of person, North Padre is fine for you. If you don't care at all about what your beach looks like and you just want to be near water, go to Galveston. Yeah, which is actually a really cool city in and of itself. Yes, go to Galveston for the city and the seafood and and the fishing. Okay, going down south to the very, very bottom, literally at the Mexican border, is Laguna Atacosa National Wildlife Refuge, which is one of the most biodiverse places in all of Texas. I've never been there Hmm. either, but it looks... (laughs) Awesome. It looks really good. From looking at it, there's a ton of hiking you can do out there. Lots of animals that you can't find, like pretty tropical species that you can't hmm. find in other places. Like um, um, ocelots, for example, you can find down there. What? Wild ocelots. You know, all sorts of tropical birds and also managed by the National Park Service. And it's just a very biodiverse region. So if you're into animals and nature and hiking and the outdoors, I would check that out. And lastly, on my list anyway, I don't know about yours. This one, I didn't quite know where to put it. I didn't quite know if I should put it in west or south, but I had Big Bend National Park, the other national park in Texas. And it's smaller, lesser known neighbor, Big Bend Ranch State Park, which apparently is just a little bit smaller, almost entirely undeveloped. Because I think it's one of the newer state parks, if I understand correctly. Uh, I've never been to Big Bend Ranch. Have you? No, I haven't. I, I heard about it recently. And I have never been to Big Bend. I haven't either. <laughs> it's oh, been man. on one of my bucket list items. It's just I know. A little, it's a little bit far. It's hard to get to. It's pretty remote. I think it's one of the most remote mm-hmm. national parks in the country, actually, as well. I think it's like a long way to the nearest gas station or, or to the nearest town. It's a little, yeah, it's, it's a little rough out there. But it is almost never very crowded. It is beautiful. There's hiking camp anything you could want to do there i would probably also recommend going there in the fall or the early spring avoid winter it's going to get cold down there winter you could probably get away with winter if you were prepared for it avoid the summer avoid going in the summer it's just not going to be a fun time you can go see the rio grande Mm. which i believe in big bend actually looks like a river and not like a puddle (laughs) <laughs> I think that's why it's called Big Ben because I think it like bends around or something mm-hmm. in a large way. But, you know, it's way. it's a very cool state park or national park. Yeah, for sure. It is kind of deserty down there as well, but in a different way than West Texas. Yeah, West Texas is yeah, it's very different. Less desolate, but still kind of deserty. I haven't really been down there, and so I don't know much about it. But I, it's been on my bucket list forever. And I don't know why I haven't been. I've yeah. driven to, you know, other national parks in other states that were further than that one. <laughs> so I don't know why I haven't been down there. You know, Texas gets a bad rap. You know what I mean? It's viewed around the world as sort of a, you know, country cowboy state. And even in parts of the U.S., it's viewed that way. If it's not viewed as that, it's viewed as... And I hate to say it, but like, you know, this sort of racist backwards kind of place. And in some ways, unfortunately, that's true, depending on where you are. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of sort of archaic mindsets and laws in Texas. But Texas has some of the best best scenery, best food, best people that you're ever going to meet. I mean, yeah, definitely worth coming to and worth making a trip out of. One thing I'd like to stress, though, is that the majority of Texans are not like that. And especially the ones no. that you're going to meet in Dallas and Austin and San Antonio and Houston. You know, the people in the big cities are very open-minded and very multicultural. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, you're not going to run into 
trouble. No, I believe Arlington, where we grew up, is the most diverse city in the United States or in the top five or something like that. Sure. I would believe that. Yeah. It's, it's way up there. So the cities and even the suburbs around the cities are very diverse. They're very open-minded. And the places where that give Texas sort of a bad name are the super rural areas. Not that there's anything wrong with rural areas, but there's plenty of towns you'll drive through in Texas where the population's 200. Yeah. Or less. I've seen, the lowest I've seen was like 87. And I'm like, oh man. Yeah. And so I think people underestimate how just how big Texas is and how rural most of the state still is. But I mean, if you're in the cities, if you're in Dallas, Fort Worth, Austin, Houston, San Antonio, Corpus Christi, even even like Lubbock, you're you're going to be just fine. There's no reason to be afraid of coming to Texas and experience all the it's, great it's things. It's a very that, safe state. It's an incredibly yeah, safe state. Come experience what Texas has to offer. Texans have a mindset that it's the best state, and in a lot of ways, we kind of believe it. <laughs> I would say. I mean, it is a really interesting state. It really is. And it's got interesting history, interesting culture. You can go from, go to a German festival and then go see a rodeo and then mm-hmm. go get tacos and a Czech pastry, then go to the beach. Not all in one day. Those are all like seven hours apart from each other. <laughs> but yeah. take a week. Take a week and road trip around the state. Or two. Two weeks would be better. It's a big state. I'm planning on doing that pretty soon, and we will have some videos up on our YouTube channel. I'll definitely post them on the website as well when we do that. So yes, we will. I'll be able to share some of the cool places that we visit in the state when I'm home. Well, as always, guys, go to our website, attemptadventure.com, where you can find photos of everything that we've talked about in this episode because it's hard to do it justice. So we'll, mm-hmm. we'll have pictures of all of that and maybe a blog post kind of talking about all of these great places and great things to do and see. Well, James is making me homesick, making me ready to come home. The last yeah. thing I want to say about Texas is when you're there, don't forget to try the beer. Get a Shiner. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Shiner. St. Arnold, also very good. Texas beer. Bluebell ice cream, also great. Yes. What other Texas brands? Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper mm-hmm. soda. It's an acquired taste. Not everyone's into it. Not everyone's into it. It's become more nationwide slash worldwide as mm-hmm. of late. Still can't get it in Thailand. You can find it in Japan. No. Not in Thailand. Hmm. Get a Dr. Pepper, get, yeah, like you said, Bluebell, make a Dr. Pepper float. That's the mm-hmm. way to go. Right. Yeah. Vanilla ice cream. If you go to Waco, you can stop at the Dr. Pepper Museum and get mm-hmm. a Dr. Pepper float at their uh, soda fountain. Go to Fort Worth and see the rodeo. It's a lot of fun. Even if you don't think you like rodeos, you probably do. <laughs> I'm not a country guy, but anytime you're at a rodeo, it's fun. <laughs> you lose yourself. And don't lose you. Yeah, you're <laughs> like, oh man, this is great. Yeah, we'd love to hear what you think. If you've been to Texas, what'd you think? I think the bigger takeaway from this episode that we could apply to adventure as a whole is that don't discount a place based on stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Because Yes, for sure. I think every place has something interesting. And James, this is an experiment I would like us to try. Maybe a thought experiment or maybe a real life mm-hmm. adventure experiment. Sometime, maybe not this time when I'm in the US, but sometime that I'm home. I would like us to go to a state that is typically considered a boring state. Okay. Idaho, Kansas, right? Something like that. Some state that people don't go to. North Dakota, the least visited state in the country. And go in there with zero expectations, with an open mind, and try to see the most amazing things and do the most amazing things in that state. Because I bet we can prove that even a state that is considered boring could be incredible if you look at it from the right perspective. So let's, let's, let's try that sometime. Yeah, sounds good to me. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to move on to our favorite segment, Adventures in the News. This week, it's my turn, and I found this list. It's not really an article, but it is a list, and this is the 12 best adventure travel experiences in the world. And I kind of wanted to get your take on each of these, James, and see what you think. Okay. They're number 12. Ride a seven-star train across Japan. This is a train, a Japanese train cruise which I think would be fun. Now, I've, I've seen a show about these on NHK World, 
Sometimes they have like onsens built in inside the train. I mean, they're super yeah, I'm in the train. Fun. Yeah. It says astounding scenery and service, including 10 course banquets, live bands, and a bedroom big enough to host my own cocktail parties. The perfect coupling of old world glam and state of the art tech and spectacular surroundings. A hmm. Japanese train cruise. I think that would be a ton of fun. I love it. I love a train, James. I love a train. Yeah. I mean, that's cool. It's super fancy. The second one, space camp, adult space camp. I have always wanted to go to space camp ever yeah. since I was a little kid. My big brother went to space camp mm. and he had this book that was like your week at space camp. And it like was just showed pictures of what all the, all the kids got to do at space camp. I read that thing so much that the like spine broke and it was oh, just man. in pieces. I wanted to go to space camp so bad. And I thought that dream was over until I heard of adult space camp. James, check this out. It's at the NASA facility in Huntsville, Alabama, and it's only 435 pounds for a three night course. I know. That's like 600. It's on my list. It's on my list. That's not prohibitive. Yeah. Including food and accommodation. And I get to go to space camp. Yeah. Yeah. It also said Huntsville has some really good bars. So adult space camp. You could do it, James. How fun would that be? Oh man. I, I want to. They piloted shuttle simulators, walked in lunar gravity, and performed repairs while floating in spacesuits. Like, yeah. come on, man. Yeah. Oh, and you get to go in the centrifuge? Like, yeah, come on. Next one, explore the empty quarter in Saudi Arabia. Now, if, if you're into this, so there's actually a documentary that won some awards at festivals, and it's by the man who started it all, our inspiration for having our episode back in Attempt Adventure, Alistair Humphreys. He walked across the empty quarter pulling a cart full of all his stuff. And he has a documentary. It's on YouTube. I'm going to put the link here in the show notes. So go to our website. It's called Into the Empty Quarter. It hmm. is probably the most empty remote place on <laughs> earth. The quote here, it says, standing on top of the world's highest dunes, the sheer scale of the landscape and the other silence blows you away. The tranquility here is absolute. This is very Lawrence of Arabia-esque. And I love me some silence. I do too, but I, I don't know. This one doesn't appeal to me quite as much as some of the other adventures here. No, I mean, I want to see it. Yeah. I'm not a big desert person. Not like that. But standing on top of a dune and just hearing nothing. That would, would be, be cool. pretty awesome. I love, I love silence. Like when you're in the middle of nature and you can hear nothing. When is the last time you've actually heard silence? It's been a very long time since I've legitimately heard silence. My fiance and I took a trip to this bison preserve up in up northwestern Oklahoma and it's way out of town you, and then you drive way further into it and then we took about a mile and a half hike or something mm-hmm. like that and I was just standing there and the only thing I mean, that you can hear is you know the wind wow and the grass like rustling and it is great it's powerful you know I live in the sea mm-hmm. I never get to hear silence like even when I come home to Arlington I'm like man it's quiet here you know, sometimes I, I sit in my room in my house, in my parents' house, and like I can just hear like the blood pumping in my ears. And mm-hmm. I'm like, man, it's quiet. It's a weird yeah, it's feeling. Quiet. Yeah, but even so, that's not quiet like being alone in the desert quiet. No, in the desert, you're not going to, if it's still, you're not going to hear anything. Um, being in a cave is close. Like yeah. when you turn off everything and you can just, you hear your blood in your ears. Remember that time when we were on the uh, the tour in Spider Cave at Carlsbad mm-hmm. Caverns, and we did the part where you know they tell you to turn off your lamps and and just sit quietly and listen. And, That's great. and we, well, we did that, and then suddenly in the distance we heard those voices. Yes, because those those <laughs> geologists were down there and they startled us. They weren't. Oh man, that was spooky. Like they weren't supposed to be down there at that time. Nobody knew they were down there. We thought we were going to have to fight like cave people. Number nine: Take a nuclear icebreaker to the North Pole. And this article says, unlike Antarctica, which has become borderline mainstream in recent years, its polar opposite remains tantalizingly distant as a holiday destination. So this is best for people who have already set foot on all seven continents. Ironically, it's harder to get to the North Pole than it is mm-hmm. to get to the South Pole. I mean, the price of this is 23,500 pounds, so it's a little bit out of, uh, out of my price range. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. I would do that. Next one is actually feasible for me because it's not very far away it is to trek the cloud forest of laos just my my northern neighbor and i've never been to this part of laos i've only been to the towns it is insane i would love to see this it looks beautiful i mean you could probably do that way cheaper than it's quoting i you know the, the pr- price quoted here is like 
1,400 pounds. There's no way that anything in Laos costs 1,400 pounds. Like, <laughs> no, it's probably like a very fancy guided tour. Yeah, but the pictures of the, the cloud forest look incredible, and it's a very different type of landscape. And up north there, kind of near the Chinese border, it's going to be kind of cold and, and uh, misty and, and interesting. Because you got to remember, all of Laos, at least this part of Laos, is further north than Chiang Mai, which is already can be kind of cold. So it's more like a, it's not a rainforest, it's a cloud forest. I'm not 100% sure what the difference is, but it says you can see sun bears, gibbons, clouded leopards, stay overnight in hill tribe villages. You'll be one of the handful of people to set foot in this region every year. One of the least parts of the world. It sounds super cool. I would love to next do time, that. Next time we're there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We can take a trip up to Laos. We'll visit the uh, Beer Lao Brewery, which is a lot of fun. And then we'll uh, head north of the cloud forest. Number seven, mountain bike. One of the world's most active volcanoes in Mauritius. That's cool. Only 60 pounds, but you got to get to Mauritius. So yeah, that's, that's expensive. <laughs> Abseil down Table Mountain in South Africa. Very cool. I, I don't know. How do you feel about abseiling? Um, I'm not a small person, so it makes me nervous. Yeah. But I'd probably do it. I, I would do most things. Maybe. I, I'm not sure why this is a 13-day experience. <laughs> you got to hike up first. <laughs> yeah, but I think the hike to Table Mountain is like a day max. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> our, our guest Kelly did it in like a, a morning. She went up there for the sunrise. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, I, I'd like to be up on Table Mountain. Yes. Uh, number five. Now, in this one, James, this one I think you could do. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, and that is to join the greatest shoal on earth, it says. The Sardine Run sees millions of sardines migrating north following warmer currents towards the Indian Ocean. Well, James, of the two of us, you're the only one who would be able to do so because you're the only one of us that is scuba certified. Yes. Would you like to be in a cloud of sardines? Yeah, I would. That'd be cool. It sounds hilarious to say that. It does, like all those fish. <laughs> Number four, I would not do this one. Cycle the world's most dangerous road. This is that, uh, you've probably seen it before, that road in Bolivia. Mm-hmm. No, I'm good. You'll pass everything from grazing alpacas to government drug checkpoints. Fatal falls are less frequent now, but broken bones are an almost daily occurrence. Views are to die for. Yeah. <laughs> Only 65 pounds, though. <laughs> okay, well, cheap. You might die, but it's cheap. Number three, learn to be an Olympic skier. Utah's Olympic Park you can learn Olympic ski jumping. How about that? Now you've been, ski- I've never been skiing. Been I have. Skiing. Would you do this? 35 pounds. Um, I would have cool. to be more comfortable skiing in general, but I would probably try it. Uh, huh. I would try it. Okay. Of course that happens is I get a concussion. This next one, this <laughs> next one is one I'm really curious about your thought. It's an organization called black tomato. And they offer something that they call the ultimate digital detox. So you sign up for this program called Get Lost. Your precise Mm -hmm. location remains a secret even to you. It could be anywhere from Guatemala to northern Iceland. All you can do is pack a small batch of supplies. You get a satellite phone and a set number of days to work your way back to civilization. And then they just drop you in the wilderness. I'd do it. (laughs) I would do it. Clients can choose what kind of terrain they want to be lost in. Polar, desert, mountains, or jungle are then given the necessary survival training skills you'll acquire and spend time in the wilderness can really change the way you look at the world, but you don't know where you are. They just throw you somewhere on earth and you have to survive and get your way home. I would go mountain. Definitely going to go mountain. I'm not doing polar, not doing desert. I wouldn't do jungle. No doing mountain. And you got a satellite phone. I mean, but for 15,000 pounds, I mean, they're not going to let you die. The last one. I don't know if I'd do this. Would you go nope. cliff camping in the Rocky Mountains? No. You're going to be near there, no, James. You can not. do this. This is your, your neck I, of the wolf now. I have no interest in sleeping on a cot clipped to a rock wall. <laughs> if you toss and turn too much, you are uh, you're, you're And I move it. a lot when I sleep, so I can't do that. <laughs> I mean, I know you're like strapped in. I know you can't like roll off, but what if it breaks in the middle of the night? You just are going to wake up falling to your doom. Yeah, that would be terrifying. I mean, I would never sleep. I, I couldn't relax. I mean, I'm sure it's a great experience, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that the views are going to be spectacular, but maybe if I was a very competent rock climber and didn't um, wasn't overweight, I would do it. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't do it right now either. 
are you going to try to get into any kind of rock climbing when you're in Colorado? I, I, I've been thinking about it. Yeah. I got to get in shape first because that's going to be very difficult. But my friend British Michael goes rock climbing here in Bangkok. And uh, I've, been, I've been thinking about going with him. have to call him British Michael for obvious reasons. Because um, you're, you're American, Michael. Yeah, I, I am. That's what he calls me. That's, you know, Don't you also have, know Australian Michael? Uh, there's Scottish Michael, English Michael, but now Scottish Michael's moved, I guess. I don't know where he is. So now English Michael and British Michael. Because oh, yeah. they were technically both British, you know. It's yeah. complicated. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really cool. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I just found that. I thought that would be a little bit of fun to talk about some of these crazy adventures that you can do around the world. Some of them more There's attainable than others. List. Yeah. Some of those are perfectly attainable. Some of them are not. And the next time you're in Thailand, I'll take you north to Laos and we'll go to the cloud okay. forest and look for a <laughs> leopard or something. Sounds good. <laughs> Hopefully we won't find one. <laughs> right. Well, you got anything else for us? No, sir, I don't. Why don't you take us home today? All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. We always enjoy having you. Just another reminder of the brand new monthly challenge, which is to go camping in your living room, backyard, bathroom, studio apartment, a rooftop, or a campsite, anywhere you want. Remember, when you do, take a picture and submit it to us at hello at attemptadventure.com, subject line challenge. Mm -hmm. You can contact us directly from that email as well, or click the button on the website, fill out the form, and it'll come straight to us. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all at Attempt Adventure. And once again, you can check out our website for show notes, for blog posts, pictures, maps of the things we talk about, mm -hmm. and just some extra fun stuff on our website, www.attemptadventure.com. You got anything else for us, Michael? No, just want to say thanks to our listeners who have sent in listener mm -hmm. mail and submitted entries into our monthly challenges. We really do love hearing from you guys, so keep them coming. Anything you want to tell us, campfire recipes, your own adventures, travel as a couple, uh, solo adventures, how COVID has affected you on your travels, anything really, anything at all yeah. that you want to talk about. If you have a comment about our episodes, shoot us an email. We love to hear from you. We read and respond to every one of them. Yes, we do. And for the winners of our previous monthly challenges, in the next month or so, be on the lookout in your mailbox for some stickers from us. We are figuring out the logistics of getting those to y'all, and they will be on their way very soon. At the time of recording, which is earlier than when you're hearing this, far earlier, as a matter of fact, <laughs> uh, at the time of recording, we are just about to have a meeting just now to figure out how to send them to you. So stay tuned. Thanks so much for listening, and we will talk to you all next week. Until next time, keep adventuring.